Hello and welcome back to what is going to be a slightly different episode of the Seriously Good podcast this week. I'm your host, Casey Evans, and I'm unfortunately not joined by my co-host, Danny Corcoran, this week. Danny was ill last week, as he mentioned on social media, and he's had to catch up on some work. So it's just me this week. So I, we thought we'd take this opportunity to try something new out. At the start of the project, we wanted to talk about the teams in the Serie A currently. We wanted to talk about the league in general. But we also wanted to take the time to look back and do a sort of retro rewind. So I thought, international break, Danny's not available. I might just give you a quick history lesson, a short, bite-sized retro rewind that you can listen to and then go about your day. Maybe go for a coffee, maybe go and have a walk. It's quite nice today, actually. So, yeah, we're going to keep getting started. So, yeah, we said it's the international break and the international break is well known for throwing up pointless discourse, the sort of discourse that you would drag up from the deepest, darkest gutters. And for some reason, when I logged onto Twitter this week, one of the players that was getting dragged up and down the timeline was not your Thierry Henrys or your Samuel Eto's or your Didier Drogba's. It was Luca Toni, the legendary Italian striker, or maybe cult hero is probably better to say. Now, of course, over the international break, a number of players have been away with their national team. And one of such players is Dusan Vlahovic, who was playing for Serbia over the two-week period. Now... Vlahovic has been playing quite well for Serbia, but has obviously not been playing that well for Juventus. And Luca Toni made a comparison between the two, saying that maybe the weight of expectation at Serbia was much less for Vlahovic, and that's why he was performing. Now, Vlahovic took offence with that and said that he Luca had never played for Serbia's national team, so he didn't know what it was like with a whole country waiting on you and looking forward to a win. Now, what might have slipped Vlahovic's mind is the fact that Luca Toni started in a World Cup final for Italy in 2006 and then ended up winning it. So, of course, he knows about that sort of pressure. But, of course, when two players start beef, the fans get involved and people start making a discourse. And a lot of people seem to not understand how good a player Luca Toni actually was and and how he was like the leading authority on how strikers are performing. They didn't seem to value his opinion. They didn't think he should have an opinion. And I don't understand why. So I thought I'd take this episode of the Retro Rewind to talk about Luca Toni, to talk about the player who is the fourth highest scoring Italian in the history of the Serie A. And it is one of the greatest rags to riches stories probably in the league's history. So when we talk about the play style of Luca Toni, he was a traditional old school number nine and when I say old school I mean old old school it wasn't playing off the shoulder it was traditional target man style football he didn't really have any pace he wasn't really gifted with much mobility or skill he didn't really have the technical ability to link it up he didn't do any of this pressing stuff he was just a danger in the box he wasn't good over 30 feet but he was incredibly dangerous over three and when I talk about this rags to riches story this kind of plays a part because this lack of technical ability was probably why he didn't play in the Serie A until his mid-twenties. So he spent time in Serie B and Serie C playing for a number of clubs. And then he was first signed in the Serie A by Medina, but then moved to Brescia, where he played alongside legendary striker Roberto Baggio and a little-known midfielder known as Pep Guardiola. He had hair at this point. But after two seasons at Brescia, he would move back to Serie B to join Palermo, who were incredibly ambitious and spelled out the project to Tony. And he looked like he understood and he wanted to be part of it. And this is where his goal scoring really started to take off. 
He scored 50 goals in 80 games across a season in Serie B and a season in Serie A for Palermo. Every goal he would mark with the trademark celebration that you might actually know more than Tony, which is where he put his hand to his right ear and rotated it. This good form with Palermo would earn him a move to Fiorentina. And his first season with the Serie A side, he'd scored 31 goals, winning the Capian Carinieri, which is the league's top goal scorer, and the European Golden Boot, and he'd become the first Italian to do so. After three seasons, this form would prompt Bayern Munich to sign the player, and he would win his first top five league title with the Germans. However, things started to go wrong from there. Tony at this point was over 30 and after two seasons he fell out of favour at Bayern Munich. He even played for Bayern Munich too for a time. Short spells at Roma, Genoa, Juventus, even in, with Al Nasser followed before in 2012 he returned to Fiorentina where he scored 18-27. Now this is more the fact that the game was starting to move away from Tony and not the problem of Tony himself. As I pointed out, he wasn't very mobile or fast to begin with so his age and mobility were not affecting how he played the game. He just needed a team that would focus around his strengths and make the most out of them. And that came in Hellas Verona. They were newly promoted and they wanted a striker to lead the line. So they signed Luca Toni on a one-year contract. And being moved up, to, uh, up top and becoming the focal point of Hellas Verona's team, in his first season, he finished second top goal scorer at the age of 37, scoring 20 goals. But the following season is probably the one that fans remember the most fondly. At the age of 38, Luca Toni was the league's top goalscorer with 22 goals, joint with Inter Milan's Mauro Riccardi, and he became the oldest player ever to be the top goalscorer in the Serie A. It was an outstanding achievement. It, he scored goals, which he'd been scoring throughout his career. He showed how he was still at the top of his game, even at the age of 38. However, the following season reality would hit. Injuries would start to occur and he fell out with the manager and this would force him to retire. However, he did choose to retire one game before the end of the season. He would, uh, Hellas Verona were due to play Palermo away, but he wanted to retire in front of the fans that had given him a, him a second chance and had loved him so much during his time at Hellas Verona. I think Tom Mason summed it up in The Guardian when he said, his retirement marks the end of not only a remarkable career, but a whole breed of striker. He seems to be a relic of an outdated and discredited ideology. In a world where forwards are the first line of defence, where high-intensity pressing and sharp bursts of energy are prerequisite for strikers, there seems to be little room for players in the mould of Luca Toni. Ill-equipped for the fast-paced counter-attack, unlikely to trouble defenders in behind, his domain is in the 18-yard box and little outside it. The problem with Luca Toni is he's not suited to the modern game, not only in his style of play on the pitch, but in terms of how people perceive good players. He wasn't flashy, he wasn't skillful, he didn't score incredible goals, he was just an incredibly efficient target man inside the box. And the fact is that no one seems to give recognition to those sorts of players anymore. But the fact is he still was one of the best strikers that the Serie A has ever seen. And his rag to riches story of being this journeyman striker in the Serie B to Serie C and then making it big in the Serie A and abroad and winning the World Cup is one of the best stories that football can tell. And these sorts of narratives are the ones that get left behind by when the bigger names seem to overshadow them. So all I'm saying is, yes, you might not rate Luca Toni 
in the top tier, the top pantheon of strikers. But he was an incredible striker. He deserves the respect that he should be given. And yeah, <laughs> he shouldn't be dragged up and down a timeline during an international break because we're all bored. Thank you again for tuning in to the Seriously Good podcast. We're hopefully going to be back next week with a normal episode. This, again, as I said, has been a short, bite-sized look at a player. We might be doing more of these. We might try and add these in with our normal podcast. We don't know yet, but I thought I might as well give it a try because <laughs> we had a little bit of problems over the last two weeks and over the international break. But I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was all right listening to me talk non-stop for eight minutes. But yeah, thank you again for tuning in. See you next time.